Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is the Steel Curtain Network's Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning. It's when this show happens. It's what we do. It's our routine. Sure. Yeah, it's June. Yeah, we're rolling along. I'm happy because two months from now, there'll be some football going on. It won't be Steeler football yet. We'll have to wait another week for that for, for preseason. But, man, we've already been five months, almost five months, since the Steelers' last game. Uh, wait a second. Looking back at that, or is it exactly five months? It might. I, I'm trying to remember the date of the Steelers' game last season. And, uh, yeah, I'm thinking that it very well might have been exactly five months. Huh. I didn't even think about that till we started talking. But yeah, five months down, just over two months to go, and this is what it is. So yeah, it was January eighth was when they when they played the Browns. So did I say seven months? Five months. Yeah, it was five. Okay, I said five months. Seven months total is the time that you basically have to go from the end of the regular season to the beginning of the preseason. Yeah. Whoa, that's a pretty nice number to think about. Five months, though, that's that's why we're getting into the things that we're getting into when it comes to the Steelers, is, is it's five months since they've been on the field. But as we know and talked about that the NFL has become a 365 league, that they can stay relevant throughout everything, even with the upcoming downtime right before training camp, it, it still happens. But, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to talk numbers, and, and I'm going to admit – I was asked a question. It's something outside my quote-unquote wheelhouse. And I don't want to make it sound like, oh, well, why should we even listen to him talk about this? No, I'm going to talk about the numbers behind it. And this is how I know these things, or for, not not as much know them, or I'm more familiar with this based on numbers than experience. And that's because we're talking about the steel curtain era. We're talking about the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers. And I wasn't born until 1978. So I never got to witness these games. Now, can you go back and watch the old games? Yes, you can. Have I seen a number of these old games? I have. But to me, and I don't know if you all feel this way or not. So hopefully maybe I'm I'm connecting on some level. To me, experiencing a game live, not necessarily in the stadium, even live on TV, is a completely different experience than watching one back. It, it is. It feels like you're, you're in that time, in that experience of what's going on. So I can remember things from games that I've watched on TV. I remember them even more a lot of the times when I'm watching them in the stadium. I just don't have the full context of everything going on with what the announcers are saying and everything. But if I watch a game from the 70s, I can I can connect with it. Like, oh my goodness, how many times have I watched the end of the Immaculate Reception? Game. I mean, just, even just watching the fourth quarter itself is exciting right there. But it's not the same experience and therefore doesn't kind of stay with you as much than if you experienced it live. And for those of you that were alive for the Immaculate Reception, you were either at the stadium 
traveled outside the, the, the Pittsburgh area or were already outside the Pittsburgh area in order to watch that game or else she had to listen to it on the radio because of the whole, all the whole blackout issue. But if you experienced that game on December 23rd, 1972, then I completely understand that that sticks with you in a different way than, than those of us that were born years later and then had to watch it. Okay, I've laid out this whole big disclaimer. And they're like, come on, Dave, talk some numbers. All right, so, so I will. But I wanted to lay this out because there might be some nuances of things that are going on within my answers that I can't throw in like I normally would with some of the stuff that's more modern. Like, oh, we want to talk about a game and some numbers from it. Oh, well, remember this was going on and this happened. I mean, Brian, Anthony Davis, I talk about all the time in that Buffalo game in 2019 and doing the wildcat, the fact that they came out to run something, hit the two-minute warning, and then came out in the wildcat. You don't see that on a stat sheet. But that's something because I was there and remember how I feel in that moment, that that stands out to me that I will remember. I can't, I can't get something like that from a stat sheet. So to answer this question, this is coming from the stat sheet. So... I might say some things that you're like, yeah, but really in the moment, you had to understand this. I get that. I completely understand. So I am answering from a statistical standpoint with some of the numbers and various things going on. They're like, come on, Dave, you set it up long enough. Let's do it. Here we go. This is from Steeltown Champs. Sent me a private message on Twitter saying this. Since we're rolling into a law and Steelers activities, uh, yeah, we are. What about a Stat Geek podcast on the 70s Steelers Super Bowl era of 74 through 79? There we go. I'm set up 74 through 79. I think he said later that, that the years were off. No, the, the years were good. The Steelers were, were won the Super Bowl 74-75. They didn't in 76-77, and then they did in 78-79. Those are the six years we're going to focus on, it says, and the stats for the subsequent years. Why they won the first two years in 74, 75, and in 78, 79, and how they missed it in 76, 77. Thought, thought that it would make for an interesting podcast. So I looked at some of the numbers, and I will be honest with you. The focus of these numbers, I'll compare them back to some of them. But the main focus is actually going to be on 76 and 77, the two years the Steelers didn't win the Super Bowl, and things that went on as to why that didn't happen. I mean, could you imagine if the Steelers would have won six straight Super Bowls? That would have been insanity. The expectation of Steelers fans today, because that happened before, I don't know if I could bear it. It could change things completely. So, but we're we're gonna we're gonna look at this. We're gonna break it down. So, first of all, I'm gonna grab some of the low hanging fruit because it answers some questions. But I tried to dig in to a few different things a little bit more to try to say, okay, what was the difference in 76 and 77? Because that 76 defense is legendary. A lot of people believe that that might have been the best Steelers defense ever, and it was the best Steelers defense that didn't win the win a Super Bowl. That one's one that that 
that one's not as as debatable. That one's more lining up that people feel that way about about the defense of 76, about being the best one that didn't win a Super Bowl. Whether or not it was the best one they ever had, whether it was better than some of their Super Bowl defenses is a whole different story. So let's dive into this. And one of the biggest things to look at, in all honesty, is where what were the ranks of the offense and defense in those years, I've talked about these before and looking at other things, looking at Super Bowl seasons, looking at years where the Steelers, where did they rank um, offensively and defensively? There's two different main ways that they do team ranks. The number one way is in yardage. And the other way they also look at is points. I have both of the, uh, the information for both of those. So we'll talk about them. So let's just get, give a quick reminder of a rundown of what the Steelers, where they were ranked offensively and defensively it, over the over that six-year period. So we'll start in 74 when they won the Super Bowl because that's where I was told to start, so that's where I'm starting, and that's good because this, this, is, this is easier. The, the Steelers had to build up to get there to be ready to go for 74. So in 1974, the Steelers were, in for offense, they were eighth in yards and sixth in points. And for defense, they were first in yards and second in points. So that kind of tells you what went into things there. Then you look at their 1975 when they won again. The Steelers were were seventh in offensive yards, so up one position, and five fifth in points, up one position. So the you know increased a little bit there. Not quite the same with defense, but close. They were fourth in yards, so they went from first to fourth, but they were still second in the NFL in points. There you go. That was that, that kind of lines up with what they're doing. So then what happened? In 76, Steelers didn't win the Super Bowl, and we're going to break down that season here in just a moment. They were ninth in offense in yards and fifth in points. So they didn't take a big step back, and their defense was first in yards and first in points. First in yards, first in points. Very good defense in in 76. We'll come back to that. 77, the Steelers' offense went up even more in yards to fourth on offense. And seventh in points for offense. Where you see the difference in 77 is the defense. They went from first in yards the year before to seventh. And in points, they went from first to 17th. To 17th. That's a big reason that that happened. Then you look back at the next year, the offense. Uh, not as good as the year before in, in yards. They went, they went down to eighth, but they moved up to fifth in points. Then they were third in yards on defense and first in points for defense. And then 79, this is the one that was that was kind of the year of, of all years because the Steelers were first in yardage offensively, first in points offensively, second in defense yardage, and fifth in defense points. That was their that's where the offense actually you have to say surpassed the defense because they were one in both of those, and the defense was only oh they were only second in yards, oh my, so that was that was kind of where it all came, and just to give you an idea of like well well, Dave, why didn't you go to the eighties? I'll tell you what nineteen eighty was just so you know big drop off in everything in yardage, the offense went from first to sixth, and in points they went from first to tenth. And in defense and yardage, they went from second to 12th. And for points, they went from fifth to 15th. That's, we'll mention that a little bit. So let's dive into the 76 season here. 
and what was going on there. So the 76 season, the Steelers started off the, the, the Steelers started off one and four after winning the Super Bowl. One and four. So they were they went, they they lost to the Raiders to start the season in seven. I'm I'm making sure I'm on the right year. In 76. They lost the Raiders 28 to 31. Then they beat the Browns 31 to 14. Then they lost to the Patriots 27 to 30. Now, just so you know, Patriots, no slouch. No slouch that season because, and we'll talk about them in in just a little bit. Then they lost to the Minnesota Vikings that same season uh, where they, where they, where is that? They lost 17 to six. And the reminder of that one is Minnesota won the NFC championship. They were the representative of the, for the NFC in the Super Bowl in 76. So, so, those opponents, oh, and then they lost, sorry, then the Steelers lost to Cleveland 16 to 18. So they beat the Browns, lost to the Browns. They split with the Browns. That was their first five games. Now, outside of the two games with the Browns, where they went one and one, they lost to the Raiders, who, spoiler, in case you didn't know this, won the Super Bowl in 76. They lost to the New England Patriots, who also made the playoffs, and honestly, they were the only team that beat the Raiders in 1976 because the Raiders only lost one game that season. And they lost to the Minnesota Vikings, who went to the Super Bowl in 1976. So that was three of the four losses. The other was a split with the Browns. Now, to to go back and tell you about the Browns, the Browns were no slouch. The Browns finished 9-5. and So the Browns were no slouch either. They 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 didn't make the playoffs because only four teams made it then. But they they were one of the better teams that the Seals were playing. So look at that the beginning of that schedule that they had. My goodness, no wonder they were only one and four. But they were coming off winning the Super Bowl. But they played really tough games from that point on, or up to that point. Then the Steelers managed to win their next nine regular season games. And not only did they did that, they did it in convincing fashion. They won uh, twenty three, or yes, twenty three to six against the Bengals, twenty seven to nothing against the Giants, twenty three to nothing against the Chargers, forty five to nothing against the Chiefs, fourteen to three against the Dolphins, thirty two to sixteen against the Oilers, seven to three against the Bengals. That was their closest game, but that was also the best opponent that they played because the Bengals won ten games that year. They were ten and four. The only reason the Steelers won the division is because they beat the Bengals twice. Then they beat Tampa Bay 42 to nothing. And then they beat the the Oysters. Oilers 21 to nothing. The Houston Oilers. How many times have people mixed that together to call them the Oysters? Uh, I don't know. But if you look at that, my goodness, that's five shutouts. They had three in a row at one point. You go six points given up, zero, 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 three, 16 of the Oilers. That was the only one that hit double digits over, over those last nine, nine games. Three, zero, and zero. Wow, that is something. Why didn't this team roll on to win the Super Bowl? There's a couple reasons. The biggest reason, I mean, because they even went to the playoffs, played Baltimore, Baltimore Colts, rolled them in that game, 40 to 14. Then they lost in the conference championship to the Raiders 24 to 7. Now there's a couple things that go into this. One, 
The Oakland Raiders had only lost one game all season, and that was to the Patriots. That team was really good. To me, the Raiders winning the Super Bowl in 76 by only losing one game during the season is kind of like, oh, a team that comes in and has one really, really good big year while the Patriots were dominating things. Think about that. Just because the Patriots were dominating, dominating those years didn't mean that another team couldn't come in and have one, you know, one or even two really good years where they won the Super Bowl, one of them. Kind of like what the Steelers did in 2004 with the record and then 2005 with the Super Bowl. That's something to kind of think about. So to me, one of the biggest reasons that the Steelers didn't win the Super Bowl in 1976 was because the Oakland Raiders were just that good. That's one. Two, for those of them, those people that were around and watched this game or know anything about this game, you had no Franco Harris. You had no Rocky Blyer. You had neither of those players playing in that conference championship game. And a lot of Steelers fans believe if they would have played, the Steelers would have won. Well, it was 24 to 7. So that's one thing. But I'm going to bring up something that people might not like. But I'm bringing it up because there's some modern-day comparisons here. I still hear Steelers fans poo-pooing all over. This is Steelers fans even. Poo-pooing all over the, how the Steelers finished the – the season last year going seven and two over the last nine games. Oh, but look at it. They didn't play anybody. Look at the records of their opponents. Look at the records of the opponents with that defense for the Steelers in 1976. My goodness. The only team that had a winning record was the Cincinnati Bengals who were 10 and four and they beat them 23 to six and seven to three. Very close game there. Only only game that was close out of all those, really. So you're like, oh, okay. So they were good. They were 10 and 4. But look at these other, other teams. New York Giants, 3 and 11, bottom of their division. Okay, that's fine. San Diego Chargers, okay, 6 and 8 in the middle of the pack of the AFC West. Then you look at Kansas City Chiefs, 5 and 9, towards the bottom of the AFC West. Next to the last, and you'll you'll under, you'll see why in a little bit. Miami Dolphins, Dolphins were were already uh, down. They were six and eight that year. Then you look at the Houston Oilers, who they played twice. Oilers were bottom of the Central, five and nine. Uh, I already said Cincinnati Bengals. The only other team was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In case you don't know about the seventy six Buccaneers, they were in the AFC West. Yes, they were in the AFC and the West. My goodness, Tampa Bay. And the, that, that, that's just another weird one. Oh, and 14. Okay. So another thing that, that defense that had that great run and won all those games and all those shutouts, they didn't play anybody. If you're going to see the Steelers didn't play anybody last year, that 76 defense, when they had their tough schedule at the beginning where they played the Browns twice, uh, the Super Bowl champion, or the two teams that were in the Super Bowl that year, and the one team that beat the Super Bowl champion all season, they went one and four. Then they didn't play anybody else outside of the Bengals, and they went nine and nine. If if Twitter was around in 1976, I wonder how much Steelers fans would have poo-pooed on what they did to finish the season and say, oh, that's why they didn't win. They were lucky to win their playoff game. They, they, they weren't anywhere close to them. They didn't play anybody to finish. 
I'm not saying that's the case. I'm really not. I'm only pointing it out. Not as much to say that that's a bad thing, but to say, remember that when you want to criticize modern teams and claim that they don't play anybody. So that was 76. We're still rolling on because I want to talk a little bit about 77 as well. So for me, the biggest thing that stood out in 76, other than the injuries, was how the Steelers played against level of competition. You know, they, they, they dominated and did some really great things, but that was against teams that did not have very good records and, and it was what it was. And that's, and that's all right. So that was 76. Let's roll to 77, 77. I found something that I thought was very telling in 1977. And in 1977, the Steelers, they made the playoffs. They lost in the playoffs to the Denver Broncos, who were 12-2. and two. Um, And they were, they were the top seed. The Steelers had the worst record of anyone that made the, that made the playoffs when they were 9-5. and five. I, don't, I don't know if I said 9-6. and six. I might have messed it up. 9-5. and five. So, this, so I'm going to look at one specific stat for the 77 season before I roll into some other things. Okay. The Steelers, they, they just were as well. You know what? Let's roll into those other things first. Cause another thing that I like to look at here is look at the starting lineups for, for, for these, for these teams. Okay. Up to 76, your, your inside linebackers were Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, and Andy Russell. 77, no more Andy Russell. It was Jack Ham, Jack Lambert, and Lauren I guess it's toes. I don't even say the name. I don't know if I'll, I'll even say the name right. So that's one. Here's another one. There was not many Pro Bowl seasons in 77, even though the Steelers had a lot of Pro Bowl seasons on their defense in 76. Um, it was one of the it was one of the few years LC Greenwood was not a Pro Bowler. Um, Joe Green made all pro, but not Pro Bowl. Um you had Hammond Lambert doing their thing still, but nobody in the secondary. It just wasn't quite the same Steelers defense when you looked at that. So I didn't want to say that first, but if, but, but look at this, this is very interesting. So in 1977, first game Steelers beat the 49ers 27 to nothing. The Steelers had one turnover and three takeaways week two, the Steelers lost to the Raiders 16 to seven. They had five turnovers and no takeaways. Week three, the Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns 28 to 14. They had two turnovers and five takeaways. Okay. So here you go. Notice week one, win plus two. Week two, loss minus five. Week three, win plus three. Week four, lost to the Houston Oilers 27 to 10. They had nine turnovers with two takeaways, minus seven. Okay, then they beat the Bengals uh, 20 to 14. Um, the Steelers had three turnovers, but five takeaways. So they were so they were plus two. Then they beat the Oilers the second time, 27 to 10, exact same score they lost by. But this time it was six turnovers to six takeaways. So that was even when it came to the, to the, to the turnover margin. Then the Steelers lost to the Colts 21 to 31, where they had six turnovers and no takeaways. They lost to the Broncos 21 to 7 with two turnovers and no takeaways. So minus six and minus two. Then they beat the Browns uh, 35-31 with four, four turnovers and four takeaways. So they were even there. Beat the Cowboys 
uh, when they had one turnover. Oh, sorry, the score was 28 to 13. One turnover, two takeaways. So they were plus one there. Beat the Jets 23 to 20. 23 to 20, that close. Steelers had one turnover and six takeaways. They were plus five. And 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 beat the Jets by three. Then they beat the Seahawks 30 to 20, where they had two turnovers and four takeaways. They were plus two. They they lost to the Bengals with five turnovers and three takeaways. That was a 17-10 score, by the way. So that was my that was a minus two um, in the turnover department. And to finish off the season, the Steelers to 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 eat, squeeze it out, make the playoffs. They beat the Chargers 10 to 9, where they had two turnovers, and four takeaways. So they were plus two. So if you look at all those regular season games, when the Steelers were even or on the plus side of turnovers, they won games, and when they weren't, they lost them. And they turned the ball over a lot in some of those losses. I mean, five against the Raiders, nine against the Oilers, six in a win, six in a win because they had to break even, six in a loss to the Colts. I mean, Five and a loss to the Bengals. When you look at that, yes, it was a different era of football. But when you look at that, that pretty much tells the story of the 1977 Pittsburgh Steelers. To me, that's the biggest statistic. That, did they make the playoffs? Yes, they did. They played the Denver Broncos. They lost 21 to 34. The Steelers had four turnovers and zero takeaway. Or sorry, one takeaway. So they were minus three. It, it fit right into exactly what they did throughout the season. That's what it is based on the numbers. Then the Steelers, you know, they, they go into the next year. I, I didn't look too much into the turnover as, and everything else the next season. But I can here real quick, uh, if, if we just want to glance at that, that, the, that in 78 when the Steelers went back, what do you know? They didn't have a bunch of turnover games. Their worst one was even in a win. They had five turnovers against the Bengals in week 12, but they also had five takeaways. That was their worst one of the season. The Steelers kept their kept their turnovers down. I mean, they actually did. They still beat the Bengals in week three, even though they had four turnovers and they only had two takeaways. So it, it didn't follow that form exactly, but they took much better care of the ball. Um, and they were forcing turnovers on the other side of the ball. They were getting the takeaways. So, and of course, they, oh my goodness, if, if you don't, if you don't remember this conference championship game in 1978, of course I don't remember because I wasn't born. The Steelers, my goodness, they had five turnovers, but they had nine takeaways when they beat Houston, uh, 34 to five. Got, that's one of those weird scores that you'll get. And then, and they were even in a Super Bowl against the Cowboys and had a four point win. So to me, that's the number that stands out the most there. Now, when you want to look at, 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 oh, well, things fell off in 1980. To me, the biggest thing, I know we're going a little, a little bit over with this one. To me, the biggest thing that stands out there, that was the first season Joe Green did not make the Pro Bowl, it was 1980. And it was his last season as a full-time starter and his last season overall in 1981. Same with L.C. Greenwood. Not, not that it was the first one he didn't make a Pro Bowl, but L.C. Greenwood started off making the Pro Bowl in 1973, was his first Pro Bowl, and he made it every year outside of 1977 up until, once again, 1980. Things just started to wear down after all that when you hit the 80s. Um, Finding, you know, Robin Cole would come in and he was there playing. Um, 
the, the other uh, in uh, linebacker role, that was one that was kind of changing up throughout various things. That was his first year as a starter. Nothing against Robin Cole. He did a nice job um, in, in the in the 80s for the Steelers. But things were just – that was kind of the end of the era. Things were – players were getting older. Things just were, went a little bit downhill. They didn't make the playoffs in, in 80 or 81. Um, that's just kind of – Eras do come to an end. The Steelers, you know, in 18 81 didn't make the playoffs. They did in 82 in the strike shortened season. Um, in 83 and 84 they did. But then it really fell off towards the end of the 80s. But we were looking at that Super Bowl steel curtain era. To me, those are the numbers that stand out the most. I hope I, I gave, um, gave the question justice. Wow. That's basically the show right there. And I didn't even take a break, but I I have something else I really want to talk about. It's not going to take a long time. So I'm going to go ahead, take a quick break, answer one more quick question when we come back, uh, because this one will be kind of fun, modern questions. So stick around. Steelers fans will be right back. All right, Steelers fans, let's finish this up. I won't keep you too long here with the rest of Stat Geek. This one's fun. This is a punting question, and I really enjoyed this one. I, I'm sorry. I did not know I would talk that much about those those 70 teams, uh, and that's what happens when you're looking at stats and looking at other things on your computer. And you, I had no idea that we had gone almost 30 minutes of me talking um, in the show so long because it was just – kind of really enjoyable for me to talk about something like that, that I didn't experience firsthand. So here we go. This comes from, from Twitter, from Eric Askew. Um, he says, besides average yardage, net yards and punts inside the 20, what are some key stats to look at when analyzing punters? Surely there has to be more detailed stats than meets the eye. Yes, there are. And there kind of aren't. All right. Because there's there's two things that I wanted to look at. One because I thought of it, and another because I I heard this recently. I know Bob Labriola mentioned this and asked and answered uh, question in his column that he does uh, at Steelers.com. But to me, I think hang time comes into play. I'm like, but I don't get hang time stats. I don't. They they don't give me the hang time when I look at the NFL stats. Everything else, but I found somewhere that did, and some other stats that I'm going to talk about. Uh, that we'll get to in just a second. The other thing is, is something that that this was what Labriola talked about, directional punting. And directional punting isn't just, oh, well, you want to pin them over there. If you want your punt to go where your coverage is going to be. And it's not just the directional punting. It's the outcomes you get from directional punting, which I found some good numbers for that. So here's some numbers we're going to look at. This is with Presley Harvin from 2021 to 2022. I have to tell you where these numbers came from. These Numbers came from Pro Football Focus, all right? This isn't grades. This is anything else. This is their statistics. These are some statistics that they have. I don't like all their stats. They don't give half sacks, things like that. But when you can't find the numbers anywhere else, I'm hoping that they have these correct. So here you go. I'm looking at hang time. 
I'm looking at return percentage and I'm looking at yards per return. Now, return percentage is that's the number of turn returns versus the number of kicks. I like that number because it puts it more in context because obviously someone who kicks the ball more has a, the team has a chance to return it more often. So here you go. Let's look at let's let's look at it, Presley Harvin's rookie year just to just to look at some of these other numbers that you don't always think about. All right, so when you look at return percentage, his return percentage in 2021 was 38.6%, and that was tied for 13th of all players who had 30 or more punts. I, I did the number 30 or more because I thought, my goodness, if you have two punts a game, 17-game season, that would be 34. So you would think that it's someone that was punting fairly regularly if they had 30 or more. And when it came to yards per return, he had he gave up 9.7 yards per return. That was 27th in the NFL. And that was out of 33 qualifying punters. So not the best. His hang time was 4.28 seconds. That was ninth in the NFL. Now let's look at 2022. 2022, Presley Harvin, with these numbers, his return percentage was 34.8%. That was fifth fifth best, fifth lowest in the NFL. When I say this, this is from from what you want to have. You want to have a low return percentage. You don't want the other team gaining yards. So 34.8, fifth best in the NFL of, of with punters with 30 or more punts. That's significant. So you think, oh, big press at the bottom of the league. Not in that category. How about this category? In the yards per punt again. Five point, not yards per punt, yards per return. Sorry, yards per return. 5.7 yards per return, second in the NFL last year. Second in the NFL last year of anyone who had 30 more punts. The only person who had more or who had a better yards per return with the proper number of punts was J.K. Scott from the from the Chargers. And his that was really low, 3.1. But Presley Harvin was, was 5.7. The next one was 5.9. That's some pretty good numbers. And his hang time went up. 0.1 seconds to 4.38. It only went up one spot in the NFL to eighth. So when you look at those numbers, those other numbers that you might that might not stand out, you might understand why the Steelers are happier with Presley Harvin than the fan base. Because the Steelers don't don't want a lot of returns. They don't want a lot of a lot of yards per return. And I know what someone could easily say. Well, they can't return it when you're shanking out of bounds. That's true. That's true. I'll also tell you this, that when you look at the number of fair fair catches, um, I wish this was a percentage. They didn't have it as a percent. I could have calculated it for every punter, but my goodness, that would have taken me forever. So I just went with pure number. That Preston Harvin had 19 punts that were fair caught his rookie year. Um, That was eighth in the NFL. And then he had 22 last year. That was also eighth, tied for eighth in the NFL. So he's still getting up there with fair with, with the number of, of, of punts that are fair caught. So you're saying, well, when you shank it, they can't return it. So it is a combination of all those things, the, the other things that Eric talked about of yards per punt and everything. So if you don't like those other numbers, these numbers do counteract that, and it might be why the Steelers think so much of Presley Harvin. Yes, they still brought in competition. Yes, they, 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 they have another punter who actually, believe it or not, Pretty sure it was like week two last season was actually the special teams player of the week um, in Braden Mann, um, but then ended up getting released by the Jets. 
because of inconsistency. So we'll see how this goes. But that's some of the stuff that the Steelers value. They like that directional punting. They want to say, we're sending our return guys here because we want you to punt it there. This is how we have it set up. Please do this. Don't give them any yards on a return, and we'll get what we can get. So those are some other numbers that go along with that that I think could could help. And honestly, when I when I went to look at those, I had no idea that Preston Harvard actually was pretty decent in those. No clue. Those were just the numbers I wanted to look up. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's why the Steelers probably like it. So there you go. That's this week's Steelers Stat Geek. I still have more questions to answer. I have them filed away. If you want to throw in more questions, I'm always ready to take more questions because before you know it, I'll be out in, who knows, maybe one, maybe one more week's time. Cool, but this one was a lot of fun today. Uh, make sure you're you're still listening to all of our shows here on the Steel Curtain Network. And uh, make sure you're also checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because, yes, that website still exists. And because, because we're run over, I just better close it out. As I always say to finish these out, thanks for geeking out.